Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Believe in Oakland A's podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. I'm Ben Ross. We have a phenomenal guest for you on this edition. A's outfielder Ramon Laureano. Our conversation with him coming up. In just a few minutes, we got to a wide range of issues, including his recent Gold Glove Award nomination. Ramon discussed his career path coming from the Dominican Republic to high school in Long Island to college in Oklahoma, and then drafted, of course, by the Astros, traded to the A's, where he would eventually make his major league debut. And speaking of the Astros, yes, I did ask him about the now infamous benches clearing brawl that happened earlier this season at the Coliseum against Houston. I wanted to know if Astros hitting coach Alex Cintron ever reached out to apologize. And Ramon will reveal the answer to that. Again, our conversation coming up in just a few minutes. So as noted, Ramon Laureano, a finalist for the Gold Glove Award in center field for the American League for the first time in his career. That's quite an accomplishment. We Look, we know that Ramon has one of the best arms, maybe the best arm in all of baseball. Uh, but his defense really improved a lot this season. Believe it or not, last year in 2019, he led all major league center fielders with seven errors, had the lowest fielding percentage of any center fielder in baseball. So to go from that to a gold glove nominee, one of the three finalists in the American League, just shows how hard he worked in the offseason and uh, how, how much he improved his defense to go along with that cannon of a right arm. No surprise here as Matt Olson, also a Gold Glove Award finalist at first base, he's looking for his third straight Gold Glove Award. And then maybe a mild surprise with Matt Chapman being left out of the three finalists at third base, although he was only able to play 37 games this year because of the hip injury. But I think it's pretty obvious to most that Chappie is the best third baseman in the American League when healthy. I mean, he might be the best defender in baseball, period. The guy won back-to-back Platinum Glove Awards the last two years in the American League as the best defender regardless of position. And one more honor that we want to mention, Liam Hendricks, the A's closer named American League Reliever of the Year, well-deserved for Liam. He converted 14 of his 15 save opportunities. Only blown save of the year was on opening day against the Angels. And that's when Matt Olson would go on to hit the walk-off grand slam to win it for the A's anyway. Liam with a 1.78 ERA this year in his 24 appearances. He had a ridiculous 37 strikeouts against just three walks in 25 and a third innings. So Liam Hendricks, free agent, would love to see him stay with the A's, but you know, one way or another, he is going to get paid, and rightfully so. Meanwhile, Game 6 of the World Series coming up tonight. The Dodgers trying to win their first World Series title since 1988. They lead the Tampa Bay Rays three games to two, and oh my goodness, what a series this has been. Feels like every game we've seen something else ridiculous. That walk-off in Game 4 for the Rays, oh my gosh, Dodgers fans must have been sick after that. But credit the Dodgers for bouncing back, putting that behind them, and then winning Game 5. And they are on the brink 
of the title. Don't count out the race, though. I don't have to tell you that. My prediction before the series was Dodgers in seven. I'll stick with that. I think the Rays have the advantage in game six just with the, the pitching matchup. Former Cy Young winner Blake Snell on the hill for Tampa. Dodgers will go with the rookie Tony Gonsolin. The former St. Mary's Gale had a terrific rookie year, but you would figure to see a lot of the Dodgers' bullpen in game six. So we'll see if the Rays can force a game seven. And if they do, talk about a pitching matchup. It would be a rematch of game three with Charlie Morton against Walker Bueller, two of the best in the game. That would certainly be a lot of fun. But first things first, the Rays have to get through game six to reach a game seven. So we'll get to our conversation with Ramon Laureano in a moment. But first, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Folks, the NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. You guys see the point spread in that Chiefs-Jets game coming up on Sunday? I think it's at 19 and a half right now for the Chiefs. I saw it on Monday night. It was 20 and a half, and I still don't think it's enough points. The Jets, uh, apologies if you're a Jets fan, 0-7. They could very well go 0-16 this year. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, our guest this week on the Believe in A's podcast is A's outfielder, Ramon Laureano. We're so excited to have him on the show. Ramon, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Uh, thanks for having me. I'm doing pretty good. What about you? Doing well. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a real pleasure to have you on. Uh, just curious what you've been up to since the season has ended. Have you been watching any of the World Series or is it still kind of still getting over, um, you know, the end of the season for you guys? Yeah, I watched it. I watched the World Series, yeah, and some playoff games I have. Uh, but it's still a little, I still feel it, you know. I still feel it. In, I, still, I haven't got over it because I got to start working out to get over it. I totally understand that. And it, obviously watching those games, it, it's got to be tough knowing that, you know, you could be there. And, and I'm, I'm sure that motivates you, um, you know, as you head into next season. When you look at this year, you guys obviously did some good things. You won the division. You won a playoff series for the first time since 2006. Um, it was a strange year, only 60 games, no fans. When you kind of look back at the season, how do you judge it? Where do you guys need to improve? Obviously, it was some great season for you know we like you say we won a a series in the playoffs. We won a couple games here and there, and uh, but hey, the goal is you know the goal is to win it all. The goal is to just win it all, and uh, that's what we gotta keep moving forward and uh, and keep working as a team together, everybody, and. Uh, yeah, just gotta like have that mentality of uh, we gotta make it happen next time. Doesn't matter how many obstacles come with it. Like, you know, this season, it was just tough for everybody around the league. Having their own routine. We're usually in the ballpark for a seven o'clock game. We're there by 12, some guys, 1231. Uh, and, but now it was five hours before the game. So they couldn't let you in. It's, it's just a lot, you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, a lot of guys were, were saying it really made them appreciate, um, I mean, for one thing, what it's like to have fans in the ballpark and just it, how it brings sort of that extra energy. 
did you kind of notice that what, what was it like playing uh, in empty ballparks and, and did you miss having the fans there? Yeah, I mean, man, I miss them a lot. Uh, I, I hope, I pray to God for next year for us to have at least 20% fan base, like in the stadium, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. Like you hear everything when you're in the box, you hear, when, when you're in the outfield, you hear all kinds of stuff. But like when you're in the box, and I like that, but you, when you're in the box, you're hearing the catcher moving around, the umpire moving around while you're looking at the pitcher. It's crazy. You're looking, you're hearing a lot of things. Some days, some days more than the others, some at bats more than the others, but yeah, it is just different. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a kind of a weird year for everybody. I, I know when I was at, at the ballpark, it's it kind of, it was eerie being there uh, when it was empty like that. Um, well, I want to congratulate you because uh, you were named a, a finalist for the Gold Glove Award in center field uh, in the American League for the first time in your career. I, I know how much pride you take in your defense, so that has to be, I'm sure that's something you're proud of. What were your thoughts um, when you found out you were a finalist? It was awesome, you know? I mean, I that was one of the goals. Me and Rhino, our outfield coach, uh, we work on that stuff to get better without actually thinking about all the all the all that stuff, you know? But uh, we just worked to get better and we did a tremendous job, I think. Uh, but hey, whatever God wants, you know, I'm just, I know I did my part and whatever he wants, I know I'm with tremendous competition. Uh, I was surprised a little bit at the nomination because I thought Kermeyer was going to be there because that guy should be, should be unanimous. Uh, and I'm going to throw that out there because, you know, I have to. That guy is a, it's a role model for every a center fielder out there and the stats, uh, speak for himself that guy is a tremendous center fielder and we see it now in the world series i mean that guy changed the game and i'm with him and jackie bradley on what they threw out there i'm a billion percent with them well that's really nice of you to say and obviously i mean that's one of the great things about baseball is there's just so much talent and athleticism you know watching all these guys across the league and some of the things that that you guys can do uh you know, both with the bat and defensively. I mean, I think that's what makes this game so exciting to watch. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your career because I think, you know, I think most people have some idea of your career path, getting drafted by the Astros, getting traded to the A's. And, you know, you, you made kind of a, a, a rapid ascent uh, when you joined the A's. Was there a, a certain point where it all clicked for you, where you felt like, I believe I'm a, a real major league baseball player and I'm good enough to play every day at a high level. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, realized that I'm like, okay, I'm a big leaguer. Like that was, what I was in college and it was a batting practice and I hit a, I hit a homer to left field, but like, I'm like, wow, like I've never done that. But from there on, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm very confident. I'm extremely confident. I'll be a big leaguer. And then, uh, when I knew in the minor leagues that I'm like, for sure, for sure, it was when uh, it just highlights, you know, like sometimes you hit some homers and you're like, wow, that was a bomb right there. And like the way that I did it against the pitcher, I did that. And I'm like, I'm like, wow, like, you know, that uh, that's talent right there. I mean, that's, that's hard work, but like, that's what people see. That's talented right there. 
And uh, I think it was just my first year when I got drafted. I hit uh, my first home run Pro Bowl. I'm like, hit like a sinker 98 inside. I'm like, whoa, like that's pretty unique. And so that gave me confidence. So after that, it was just working smart. So that's what, uh, yeah, that's what I realized. Outfield wise and base running, I have never had any issues because I feel like that's the first things that I, that's the, that's the first thing that comes more natural for me. That's interesting. You mentioned uh, your time at college and you played, I think, two years at Northeast Oklahoma A&M. I'm curious how, how you ended up going there. What, uh, what was that process like? Uh, so I went to high school. I got a scholarship to go to high school from the Dominican to uh, Long Island, uh, Upper Room Christian School. And then after that, I went to uh, Northeastern Oklahoma. Uh, it's a long story. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it was just a long story. Sure. But uh, yeah, I ended up there. And then, uh, yeah, they gave me a full ride. I told my Lou Maeda, he's he was, it's like my second father. He told me, uh, I told him, I'm like, hey, just tell them I'm Dominican and I throw 95 off the mountain and they will get me. <laughs> and then uh, that's before I was rejected from Western Oklahoma. And they gave me like 50% after I showcase right next to Yankee Stadium on that field. I don't know if you have been there, but uh, but yeah, on a public showcase. And then I'm like, I'm like, no, I, let's just get out of here. And then we walked off the, the meeting and then I told him that. And then he, the next day, he got me a full ride. Wow. So that's cool. I mean, just like that. He's Dominican. He throws 95. That's awesome. I was a pitcher, so. Oh, so you you started as a pitcher? No, no, no. I will pitch, too. Like, I will play shortstop, center field, and pitch. Got it. So you did basically everything. And that that's when you were in high school? Yes, high school. Awesome. And so, as you mentioned, you're, you're from the Dominican Republic. You ended up going to high school, you said, in Long Island? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, how, and you said you got a scholarship there. So how, was that when you first came uh, to the U.S.? How did that happen? Yeah, I, will play, I was playing here in the RBI program. It's like a baseball program. It's all over the world right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was the most organized and competitive baseball they had in here in the, in the Dominican. So from it's like a major league program, and uh, yeah, I, that high school coach uh, contacted them, and they needed a sh- uh, shortstop pitcher, uh, but he had to fifth center field shortstop pitcher kind of something like that, like a mix. Sure. Uh, Fifteen year old, he had to be a sophomore, and out of all these hundreds of kids, they picked me. So me and one of my buddies, he was a catcher. They needed a catcher too. That's Just awesome. The two of us. Yeah, it's. It's crazy. That's really cool. Uh, so what position did you play in college? Did you still pitch when you were in college or was it mainly outfield or a combination? It was a combination of things. I played a couple of innings in short second base. I played a couple of innings at third base, uh, but uh, mostly, you know, all over the outfield, but mostly left field, right field. That's good to know that uh, if Bob Melvin ever needs a shortstop or a second baseman or even a pitcher, you can uh, you you could probably play all nine positions if you need. Oh, he he knows he knows. <laughs> he, I have let him know before. He 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 sees me taking ground balls sometimes. That's great. I love it. <laughs> uh, so you had a you had a pretty memorable major league debut. I remember I was I was covering that game uh, for NBC Sports California at the time, and uh, that was in 2018, and your first career hit was a walk-off RBI single in the 13th inning to win the game one to nothing. I don't know uh, how well you remember that, but uh, 
talk about a crazy game zero zero in the 13th and then your first hit is the game winner what was that like yeah it was though it was crazy man uh yeah i mean my family was there but when this the game started that's when i saw them for the first time in the stands they flew all over all the way from the dominican and then uh yeah, I mean, it's just a crazy. I didn't. I wasn't nervous at all into my first at bat because I had like a standing ovation. I, I'm like, I was not expecting that at all. And then I'm like, oh well. And then uh, yeah, the wind went along and uh, I struck out like a couple of times. And then the last at bat, I'm like, dang, I have two strikes already. And I'm swinging up pitches that I, ha- I haven't swung all year. And then I'm like, you know what? Just let's just slow the game down and just focus on the on the ball and uh, see it deep, go with the basics and go to right field. And yeah, I got one, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, that was a pretty memorable moment. And then your first, actually your first two home runs came in the same game later that year, August 20th, and you did it off Bartolo Colon, uh, who's, you know, obviously a legend in baseball. What was that like? Did you, first of all, did you, you know, Bartolo Colon being from the Dominican Republic and, and one of the better pitchers in baseball, mm-hmm. did you grow up watching him and what did it mean to you to hit two home runs off him for your first two? Yeah, pretty crazy, crazy, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I grew up watching him. Everybody will talk about him. I mean, you know, he's a, it's a small country, so you hear about everybody. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was just, it wasn't, uh, it didn't click me into like the off season because I don't reflect on it while in the season. I mean, I hit the ball, but I was thinking about the situation of the game, you know, I go to opposite field, move all the runners, and then I end up with a homer. And after that, you just feel good. It's something that you just feel focused whenever you, you, you're you locked in, your swing is locked in, and it's more a reaction. And just go up there and just take hats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure everyone's been asking you about it all year. Uh, you know, the situation against the Astros earlier this year. I'm not going to make you rehash it. What I'm curious about is if uh, if you've talked to, if you've kind of worked things out with Alex Centrone, if he ever apologized or uh, if you guys have spoken since uh, since the uh, benches clearing incident. No, we have, no, not at all. Uh, but uh, we haven't spoke, but, you know, it's something that for me mentally, like that happened. Mm-hmm. That happened and I just moved on, like, Right after that, I mean, I moved on after that. I was just focusing on Julio Tehran that we will face in that guy the next day in Anaheim. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes, you know. Uh, I mean, the suspension came. I knew I was going to be suspended, you know. That, that's no. But uh, it is what it is, and uh, it's something that I had to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know the story about Jeff Passan on ESPN, so yeah. Yeah. Well, and it- – and I know that that's something I know about you is you're really good at moving on quickly. I mean, I just remember even from my time covering the team, good or bad, you know, you never really get caught up too much in any one game. You're always looking forward to the next one. Has that always sort of been your mentality as a baseball player? Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, sometimes they ask me, like, what did he do? I'm like, bro, I don't remember, man. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about my next at that, like. Yeah. yeah, like, it's just something that I literally, my mom always asked me, like, what do you do with this? Like, yesterday, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't remember. Like, I'm just, it's 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 good habit for baseball, but, like, 
Something in, in real life is kind of bad habit for like outside baseball, you know. Like I'm yeah. like, I, I need to get better at that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just a habit now. It's just naturally on me. Yeah. Well, last question as you look forward now to next season. First of all, um, how, how excited are you? I know I know you guys are still getting over uh, over the tough loss to end the season, but as you you know, on that note of looking forward. How excited are you to, to be coming back to this team with all of the talent that you guys have? Um, I would imagine you guys are, are even more motivated and excited to, to make a deep run next year. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we were motivated this past season, uh, but with that great speech that Bob gave us in spring training, and uh, I know we did not forget about it. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic, uh, it was hard to just keep that uh, goal in mind. And uh, keep that goal in mind, that work, you know, that we had to do, like everybody in the gym and in the cage and this and that, because it was like, we have a season, we don't, we, we yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, you know? So it was all over the place. And uh, yeah, and like people worked out to work out too much this off season. Instead of working out three months, they worked out seven months, you know, six, whatever. So it's, uh, it's a, it takes a toll in your body and all the mentally is uh, it, it's a lot that went through the season, but it was better than everybody expected for sure because we end up having a season. And uh, but yeah, we look forward to for the upcoming season. And I know everybody will keep working hard. We have a good core group, and uh, the other uh, roster spots that have left. I know the front office will do a very good job uh, with that. Well, thank you so much, Ramon, for coming on the show. Congratulations on the uh, Gold Glove nomination. We hope that you'll win it. Award uh, getting announced next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, thanks again. Enjoy your offseason, and we'll, we'll talk to you next year. Sounds good. You got it. Take care, Ben. Big thanks to Ramon Laureano for coming on the podcast this week. We really appreciate it. That's the one thing I love about this A's team. They've got a lot of really nice guys in that clubhouse, and Ramon is right at the top of the list. And oh yeah, he's a pretty good ball player himself. You talk about a five-tool player, he is it. Can hit for average and power, tremendous speed. You know about the arm out in center field, and now he's really improved his defense as well. He already showed the ability to make some spectacular catches out there, robbing home runs the last couple of years. But he's worked on his routes, and now he's more consistent, getting a better first step. With that speed, he can cover a lot of ground, too. So he is a, a special talent, and the A's are certainly very happy to have him. And we were very happy to have him on the podcast. So big thanks to Ramon once again. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be coming at you again next Tuesday, Election Day. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. You can download and subscribe to Believe in A's podcast anywhere you get your pods. And if you like what you hear, feel free to leave us a review or a comment. Or if you don't like what you hear, please do the same. We would love to get some feedback. Any ideas you might have are always welcome. So thanks again to Ramon Laureano, and thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of the World Series, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.